All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Neil Armstrong reporting the roll and pitch program, which puts Apollo 11 on a proper heading. Active FM, this is The Void Joe. Thank you so much for coming here once more again. And should this be your first time, thank you so much for being here. It always is fascinating to know that you are joining us for the first time. And believe you me when I say The Void Show is a journey, right? It's a quest, you know. And it's not only that, but it's a, it's a search, right, about our natural universe. So if you're here, it means you are willing and you are yearning to learn more about our natural world, which is the universe. So a big cheer to you for joining us today. A big cheer to you for wanting to embark on this special journey, right? For wanting to embark on this adventurous journey through space and time, through interstellar matter, through interstellar space, through the galaxies, revealing the truth about the universe. This is on Active FM, as all of us keep saying, radio has never been better. I am your show host, Andrew, and I don't know if I should start by saying, um, surprisingly or ironically, today we get to speak about interstellar space, you know, interstellar space, interstellar dust. It's okay for you to say that. And I must say that, you know, a, a lot of people know the work of astronomers to only be studying uh, celestial bodies, okay? Um, in fact, uh, we spoke about what does astronomy mean, okay? Uh, that's, by definition, the study of celestial bodies and the laws of nature that... Uh, are taking place or that govern the celestial bodies, right? Whether they uh, are forcing motion of these celestial bodies, whether they affecting the behavior of these celestial bodies. So it's pretty much all about celestial bodies, right? The light that these celestial bodies emit, okay? So that's essentially what uh, um, astronomy by nature means. And, and while that could have been okay in the past, centuries ago, Modern astronomers are not only concerned with uh, studying heavenly bodies, okay, uh, 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 stars and planets, uh, you would know that, but they are also vitally interested in space between the stars, okay? They are really interested in space between the stars, which we call interstellar space, okay? And if you should know, this space is... Uh, uh, it's not. It's not like a vacuum of space, right? <laughs> well, it's okay to say that uh, sometimes because we've got space that seems to be empty, right? But um, no matter how empty it seems, you go on microscopic levels, you still see tiny little parts of atoms. You know, there's there's air there, atomic. I mean, atoms that making up the not like air on Earth, but you know, it's space. So 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 there is something there. Little atoms. Uh, maybe from stars as they are exploding and all that stuff, right? We will speak about that. 
uh, uh, but the point that we're trying to make is that astronomers are really also vitally interested in studying the space between the stars. And um, it's not that it's space, but it's actually space filled with uh, gases, okay? It's space filled with gases. We've had a show as well where we discussed the states of matter. If you have not listened to that show, you might just want to go check it out, okay? So so, so it is it is space that's filled with gas, um, we've got we've got uh, solid particles there uh, we've got we've got matter right and scattered atoms around uh, that space and 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 uh, sometimes this space and actually I'll tell you one more interesting thing the first knowledge about interstellar space or about interstellar uh, matter it came from something that we call as nebulas okay nebulas um uh, uh uh i don't know if you've seen nebulas of head of them but it's pretty difficult for us to see them with our naked eyes okay um um but you should have seen them in 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 in, in the pictures right if you've seen pictures of stars between the stars you might have seen this uh, beautiful um, um this beautiful you know, uh, uh, greenish blur. Uh, it's like clouds of gas and dust. It's beautiful. It's green. It's red. It's purple. You know, it's it's this beautiful color. That clouds. You know, those clouds of gas and dust. Those beautiful things that you might not have known what they are. We call them nebulas. Okay, and these are luminous clouds in. The heavens. So, actually, the first knowledge about about interstellar space, what's actually happening there, it began with these, right? It began with these, and and uh, the one that actually made astronomers be, uh, become aware of this interstellar space and dust was what we call the, the the great nebula in the constellation of Orion. Okay, it's faintly visible to the naked eye. Uh, but if you, I don't know, you've got like uh, uh, strong eyes, <laughs> it's like a greenish blur, okay? It's like a greenish blur. Hundreds of other bright nebulas are known, and, and, and most of them actually lie within our galaxy, the Milky Way, right? So so that's pretty much what we're going to uh, extend on today. I really hope you can enjoy the show. We've got some awesome music today, so make sure that you stay with us right after this. We are going. All right, you get three types of people in life. You get the ones that are there. Yeah. They're just there. You get the ones that are there with an agenda. Then you get the ones that are there, but they're on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what just got you? Oh, that was gangster. Then he looked at me and I was like, I'm talking to yourself again. <laughs> <laughs> again? <laughs> so then he was like, hmm, are you as fast as saying some other things? <laughs> <laughs> you know the Mexicans can be yeah. very dramatic, like yeah. it's quite funny. And then like like in Ant Man, so I need this dude and he told his aunt, he told his sister, and she was like, No dude, you need to go there, but you need to have an agenda. And then the other guy was like, No, but the agenda is Or yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like Papi get three people in <laughs> You get your mother, father <laughs> Radio has never been better. So stay tuned. 
Right. So let's uh, speak about space. Let's uh, speak about interstellar uh, space now. That's the space between the stars. So I'll tell you a very uh, funny story. Right. It's a good point to begin, actually. So, you know, in the early 20th century, right, that's like more than 100 years ago, right? More than 100 years ago. So, uh, and these times marked the, the the first knowledge about interstellar space, okay, about interstellar uh, clouds of gas and dust, about the, the nebulies, okay? And we spoke about what those are. When we're speaking about those, um, um, interstellar space, it's not really empty space, okay? You find gas between stars, you find things like nebula, we spoke about what it is, um, you know, um, you, you go in a search engine, you search what a nebula is, you search what uh, interstellar space is, and you will see that, um, uh, my goodness, you know, between the stars, you've got this blurish cloud, you know, it's, 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 it's sort of a blurish cloud, can't really see what it is, but it looks like a cloud, you know, that is blurred, and, and when you go closer and closer, um, you actually see that this is what we call nebulas, okay? Nebulas, these beautiful clouds of gas and dust, right? It's, it's, it's between stars. And we're going to speak about the nature of nebulas, but um, I'm on the story. So, so in uh, the early 20th century, um, um, you know, they, the scientists see this, they see this interstellar matter, and they are like, we probably have just reached the end of our discoveries about stars. Why are they thinking like this? That's because they thought this interstellar space, this interstellar matter, all the scares that's between the stars, they thought that this is an obstacle, right? It's an obstacle and it's restricting us to study distant stars, okay? Because we now have this interstellar matter that's in the midst of these stars and how are you going to, you know, make discoveries to, to study distant stars? And they were like, this is probably the fate of astronomy. Funny enough, only to find out that decades later, you know, more than 100 years later, interstellar space is unavoidable. I mean, it's actually unavoidable, of course. So what they actually found was that it's going to become one of the greatest aids to the understanding, uh, you know, to, to the understanding, to understanding the structure and the development of stars themselves. They only found out that we actually going to be using this to understand how stars are born, how are they dying, you know, the structure of stars, the behavior of stars. That's it. Funny enough. Now, on the nature of nebulous, and we also are going way back in time. So what happened is that early observers, right? We're speaking about early astronomers here, uh, those who, who, who studied space. Um, um, they thought that nebulous, and especially like the one we spoke about, one of the greatest known ones, right? Um, you find it in the Orion Belt. So what they thought, they thought that, 
Okay, because we now are looking at this gas and dust between the stars, uh, maybe we should study it, right? And so they studied it and what they thought, because in, in science, you usually make what we call hypotheses, right? And, and, and um, when, when, when observation uh, meets with, you know, hypothesis and the, you've got a good explanation, you know, mathematics works, a theory meets with experiment, uh, uh, and, and in those two complement each other, then it's a win-win situation, right? So, so what they thought, they thought that um, most probably the interstellar space or this matter, which is gas and dust, actually consists of uh, faint stars, right? That's what they thought. So, so this was their hypothesis. They thought that most probably this matter, this thing that's between stars, maybe it consists of faint stars because, right, they can't see clearly with it, right? They can't see clearly through it. So what they did was to build really powerful telescopes. They built really, really powerful telescopes. And what they did with these powerful telescopes, they tried to, to resolve, okay? Right? They tried to resolve. And what do we mean by that? Uh, they resolved uh, this thing by illuminating, okay, by illuminating these individual stars, okay, and I must say that in 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 some instances they were able to 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 be successful, okay, but in some instances they were not able to they were not successful, okay, but instead what they saw was that some of the nebulas that they studied um, actually you know. Uh, um, uh, proved to, to be galaxies of smaller stars, okay, to be galaxies of, of, of smaller stars or to actually consist of groups of small stars, okay? So that's what they found. So in the case of not winning, um, 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 they, 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 so what we're saying is that this, this method could only work on certain, uh, right, instances, but it did not work on other uh, instances and and that actually means that 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 um, um, uh, some number uh, could not be resolved in this way right so so what they did was to build uh, more powerful telescopes you know like the most some of the most powerful ones you, you know and 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 um, it's not like more powerful ones could help further. You know, uh, but what it did was to actually they they, they found out that um, so so these uh, the, this matter that's between the stars actually it, it, they could only see these uh, clouds like structures, right? These clouds like uh, structures, uh, 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 you know, uh, finely, you know, but that we mean smoothly shredded um smoothly shredded clouds like structures that's what we we mean by that so 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 um uh, when you go further in time and this was like uh, about the 19th centuries uh uh they tried other methods and this method is actually still being used today uh it's called a spec spectroscopy okay spectroscopy um, that's just another method to basically study the nature of stars, um, um, to really even go further to 
like they're you know on, on microscopic levels to study um, 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 uh, some of the atoms that are making up the stars, how they behave, you know the gas that's there, the type of gas that's actually there, right? Study the light. So that that field is is called the spectroscopy. Okay, so they tried spectroscopy, spectroscopy, right? <laughs> and and I mean, what it does it, it just measures light. Okay, it, it measures light. And and they did that on on these bright nebulas, and what they found was that Orion, because that's the one they studied, is actually not made up of stars, but it's made up of big balls of gas. That's what they saw, and and there's no way to extend on that. That that's what just they they, they found that. Okay, these they just consist of big balls of of, 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 of gases. And and you know, um, um more on spectroscopy a bit. Um this is this is a tool that these early astronomers used to make this observation, right? That that the the, the Orion actually does not consist of stars, but it's made up of big like enormous balls of Yes. Okay. So, 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 uh, we can say that spectroscopy it 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 helps us. It gives us information about about heavenly bodies. You know, by by decoding um, the messages that we get from these bodies through light. Okay through light. So that's pretty much it about the nature of nebulas. Um, here's a beautiful gem, uh, divine blessings. And right after this, uh, we'll be extending more on interstellar space. Stay tuned.
uh, that was a divine blessings playing with a radio station that is active FM. Thank you so much for still being here. If you are still here, it means you are really uh, learning, right, about the interstellar space. Uh, so a big cheer to you for 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 for, for still uh, being here. So uh, Stella, uh, we want to speak about Stella Nesries, okay? Uh, Stella Nesries, um, um, interstellar matter. Now. Um, 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 maybe, and this could have been the case as well in the past, uh, when scientists saw interstellar matter for the first time, uh, they thought that, um, interstellar space, interstellar matter, right, uh, by this we mean of these, these clouds of gas and dust, uh, maybe they are just space, um, fillers, <laughs> hey, um, they thought, Maybe they're not important, right? I mean, that's why they thought like um, this is this is an obstacle for us studying distant stars. So that's what they thought that you know um, uh, this these were just space filters. I mean, that's what I thought the first time I learned about this. So it's pretty much okay to think like that. Now, uh, actually, and surprisingly, find out that. This matter, this clouds of gas and dust, this gas that's between stars, is important in the formation of stars and galaxies. Now, you remember that gravity is everywhere, okay? It's everywhere. And it's quite understandable to, 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 when, when, when you speak about gravity, um, it, it becomes somehow impossible to speak of flat things, okay? Um, uh, flat Earth, um, under conditions such as gravity, it, it, it becomes um, a bit difficult to understand what you mean by flat matter, by flat, uh, flat, flat, flat Earth, flat planets, right? <laughs> because I'll tell you what, um, you see, when when you've got gravity and you've got a big mass of 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 a body what gravity does because it's essentially acting on this body in all the directions okay it's in space and it's essentially acting on this body in all the directions so if if you've got enough mass forming there um gravity is gonna mold this body into a sphere, okay? But that happens when you've got enough mass. Um, um, if you see a planet, if you see the moon, um, that means that's enough mass because that's 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 essentially a sphere, okay? So that's what gravity does. It would mold these into uh, spherical objects. Then you would ask, what about the case on, 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 on I mean, what, what's, what, what's the case? What's happening when we speak about, um, what's happening when we speak about uh, things like, uh, you know, um, um, asteroids. You would have seen these asteroids, these weird shaped objects, these rocks that are moving through space, um, you know, like Puleo shape, something like that. You might have seen them and you are asking, what about them? Well, the thing is, those are pretty small, right? They are very, very small. They've got not enough mass to form spherical objects. And so they would rather just form any shape they would want, right? That's because they have small mass. 
But the bigger you you gather these asteroids together, let's say you just put them together, put them together in a small place in the in space, you put them together, um, you know, you allocate them in one space, in one space, they grow big and big and big. Uh, what gravity is going to do, um, under right conditions, which is enough mass and others, is going to make this into a sphere, okay? So that's really what gravity does. So, 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 the point that we really try to take home is that this matter that's between space actually is important in the formation of stars and galaxies, okay? Now, here's the thing. Under right conditions, under right conditions, these clouds of gas and dust, under gravity, of course, they're going to condense, right? Remember, this is in space. There's no way of it denying this because this is seen happening. This has been seen happening. Now, under right conditions, I mean, we've seen stars forming, right? So, under right conditions, under gravity, you would see that this cloud of gas and dust, right? This interstellar cloud of gas and dust, it condenses. And it forms this spherical shape. Okay, and what we call that spherical shape, we call it a protostar. Call it a protostar. And that's essentially an early stage which will eventually lead to the birth of a new star. Okay, so now you know that interstellar space, interstellar dust, you know, these clouds of gas and dust, they are actually the beginning of stars, right? So now you would know that stars starts there, they form by those they've been seen forming, right? Those clouds, they merely just condense together and assume a spherical shape, and we call that a protostar, and that's just the beginning of, um, uh, uh, you know, the birth of this new, new star. Uh, so it stars starts there, and if you've been listening to our previous shows, they start there and their end evolutionary product would be um, black holes, right? Right. And and one just uh, last point that's uh, interesting um, is that, you know, <laughs> um, astronomers did believe that, uh, you know, these interstellar clouds of gas and dust are actually the birthplaces of new stars. But the problem is that no one had ever seen the process take place, okay? So um, if you've got a, th a, th a hypothesis and if you've never seen uh, things happening, it's, it's, you know, it's not a win situation. So, so they did thought or they did think that um, these, these clouds of gas and dust are actually the places where stars are born, but uh, they had never seen the process of stars, you know, uh, being born in these but of course, up until a recent technology, right, made it possible for us to see stars being born. Uh, for example, we speak about the Hubble telescope, right? It, it, it's been revealing places where stars are being born, right? Um, you, you see these uh, particles, uh, very high-speed particles, by the way, um, uh, 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 you know, from, from, from these young massive stars. They really compress together. Right, they really compress uh, these nearby dust and gas together until they really form uh, small 
fainter protostars, right? Some of them it sound like stars and, 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 uh, you know, um, um, so, so, so what we, we mean is that you've got some stars and if within uh, the neighboring area, there's some gas and dust, what it would do, they would form other stars as well. So we call this stars that formed other stars, the parent star. Okay. So, so, so that's pretty much it for today. Thank you so much for having been here. Hope you learned a lot right after this. What important stuff and we close it. Reactive. Being reactive is being a people of reaction, people of change, being a movement of young people. It's not just a band. It's not just good music or inspiring words. It's not just catchy. It's life-changing. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And of course, uh, apparently we have reached the end of the Void Show. Thank you so much for having been here. Um, I really hope you learned a lot about what's really happening uh, on, 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 you know, with, with interstellar space, uh, what's there, and, and how is it used um, in, in fields like astronomy and astrophysics and, and why we really study that. So, I mean, I really hope that you pretty much gained a lot today. This is the Voyager on Active FM. I am Andrew, your show host, and uh, please share the show out. Uh, take care of yourselves. Have a fantastic week ahead of you. We'll see you again next time, same place. Like what you're listening to? Follow us on Gab and Twitter at ActiveFM, Instagram at ActiveFM777, and Facebook at forward slash ActiveFM. FM Radio has never been better.